Hello, we talked about this fans. This is Clark, and I wanted to share today that we will have Paul as a guest co-host today, filling in for Simon. Last episode, you may recall that Edward jumped on and kindly provide guest hosting responsibilities along with me. Today we have Paul, who's a friend of mine, oh gosh, for 25 years now. He hails from the Toronto area. He's been a fan of the show, listened to every episode, enjoys tuning in in the car, and was very keen on joining me today on the show. And if I wanted to also share, if you're a listener and you want to be on the show, either as a co-host or as a guest, please reach out to us. I'll have the email address in our show notes, but please feel free to reach out and we'd love to have you on the show on a future episode. So with that, uh, I'm going to turn it over to the episode. Paul, it's so great to have you on as a guest today. And uh, this is your first time not only on the podcast, but I think recording a podcast. How uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, you know what? This feels amazing to be finally part of We Talked About This. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this podcast. I've listened to all the episodes. I've listened to uh, listened to, to many interesting topics, listening to it on the car radio, and many times I've just wanted to jump into these conversations. So, um, I think what you, the topics that you cover here are very relevant, very interesting, and I'm glad I can finally get to be part of them. So thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I look forward to it. Well, good, good. And, uh, did you have a favorite episode or a topic that you liked? Well, I don't know if I actually had a, a, a favorite episode, but there is definitely a few episodes that stood out to me, um, you know, I guess any episodes where you, you talk about just everyday life, um, you know, I guess the, the one where you're talking about the colonoscopy, well, that's certainly a memorable one. <laughs> How can you argue with that? But uh, yeah, that, that was it's interesting to hear experiences of what other people are going through. And as I said, all these are relatable topics. So uh, I'm, as I said, I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to contribute to these. Good, yeah, and we always tried to mix a bit of humor. It was always tended to be on the humorous side, but the odd time we wanted to throw a serious topic in just because it was timely or important. And for instance, mm-hmm. the colonoscopy episode, both Simon and I shared our stories around that to kind of demystify some of some of what that's all about. Because for yeah. men in general, you know, prostates and men's health is not always something men like to talk about and we wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that we sort of took away a bit of that stigma maybe around discussing that that topic it's it's sort of a taboo topic for some and not all people are comfortable about talking about it so it was important we we shared it so that yeah. was what we were doing yeah all right absolutely so, and and I was just going to say for anyone over the age of 40 that knows that a colonoscopy is right around the corner, you know, you, you had me captivated on that one, wanting to find out what to expect. <laughs> Slowly, they inserted the tube. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully, <laughs> I, I won't have it done by uh, by Japanese people with broken English. <laughs> yes, yes. And if yeah. anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode, uh, they'll find out more about that. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So- Today, you're you're a co-host. You're not a guest, all right? So you and I talked a little bit before about a few topics we wanted to go over. And just because you're, you're t- this is your first time on the show, 
I was going to let you open up with something you had that was topical. I guess it's topical for a lot of us right now. And we're going to try to not make the whole episode about this, but it is a timely topic, and I think it's important we we do we do address it. So why don't you um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you you wanted to talk about today? Okay, well, thank you. Well, as we record this discussion, this is being April of 2020. We are obviously in the midst of the COVID nineteen uh, global pandemic, and you know I, I think we're we're sort of at the point where people have been bombarded with so much news whether it's whether it's real or fake um you know we've been hearing nothing but covid over the last month or so and you know when i was thinking about topics to discuss for this podcast the first thing that came to mind was you know what i don't want to make this about covid but the more i thought about it the more i was running through topics through my mind every single topic every single issue that's sort of going on in our lives right now keeps circling back to COVID. And I thought, you know what, let's maybe not shy away from talking about COVID in the sense that, you know, this can sort of be a a bit of a a time capsule because we are living through extraordinary times right now, very, you know, historic when you really think about what's going on right now, very unprecedented. So, you know, I don't think we should necessarily shy away from it, but I, I don't necessarily also want to get bogged down with facts and figures and, and make this, you know, a, a gloomy subject because, let's face it, we've all heard a lot of bad news on the uh, 11 o'clock news every single day. But I guess what I wanted to kind of discuss was the fact that, you know, whether we like it or not, COVID has sort of taken over our lives. And, and I guess this kind of struck me you know, over the last few weeks, because, you know, because of not being able to see friends face to face, as with most people, you know, you socialize with friends and other couples over Zoom or, or Skype, whatever it might be. And, you know, in the discussions I've had, my, my wife and I and, and other couples, you know, when we set up our, our Zoom meetings, they're like, okay, first thing we got to say, I don't want to talk about COVID. Yet somehow, over the course of the two hours or so in which you're talking, about 75% of what you're talking about somehow comes back to COVID. It and does, I, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I just thought that was sort of um, an, an interesting sort of a, an observation in the sense that no matter how much we try to escape this, it's still around us and it's affecting sort of every aspect of our life. So, you know, I just sort of wanted to get your thoughts on it in that you know, from a, a COVID perspective, um, you know, we, we don't want to sort of get, you know, wrapped up too much in, in the doom and gloom, but it, it is definitely proposing a lot of new challenges to our everyday life. And it really has changed our, our, our the way in which we, we speak to our friends, the way in which we correspond with each other. Um, so I just wanted to get your take on that. And especially being in another country right now, how are you facing that with, you know, your interactions with other people? And no matter how much you try to escape it, it's still there. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think the first thing that jumps to mind and is that this is the first time I think ever that the world has been together in a situation in this way. I mean... We've had other world events occur. World War 
Two, World War One, Nine Eleven. There's there's been moments where we've had times where the world has kind of stopped for a period of time. Now the world wars are so far back. The world was so different then. It's it's completely not possible for me to relate to it. But if I if I think about what what's the time in history where this is maybe where have we ever been that's the closest to this? The the only example I can really come up with is this 9-11. That was when the world paused, airplanes weren't flying, there was this eerie silence, but it was more of a, an emotional pause. It it wasn't you know, restaurants were still open in most places. Everything people were still able to to go out and do what they did before but maybe they thought twice about it just because they were maybe depressed or upset and you know there was i remember a phrase that was common back then and that was don't let the terrorists win don't let the terrorists affect how you go about your daily life don't be afraid to go out don't be afraid to to travel to places don't be afraid to get on airplanes don't don't constantly be thinking every place you go there could be a terrorist attack don't don't let the terrorist win in that way. But in this situation, we really are restricted in that we can't go anywhere in most most countries. In some places, there's no lockdown. In some, there is full lockdown. In some places, it's kind of halfway. Like Japan, for instance, is not in a full lockdown, which is surprising to me, but that's a whole other story. So this is the first time in history where we have actually, at least in the memorable history, I think, is when we all are all at home, for the most part, we're all in our homes, we're in this isolation, and we're being put in a position to adapt. There are so many different people who are dealing with so many different things. For some, they found out overnight they were out of a job. For others they now are suddenly faced with what's the next month going to look like for me? What's the next six months going to look like? What's the next year going to look like? So for me, that's how it's affected us, but we're all kind of in it together. And yes, it will be different across different demographics. You know, Some people will be not in it at all. They won't feel they're in it at all together. They're going to feel very isolated and that they're very alone. But for me, this is, I'm trying to look at the positives of this the most I can as I, in terms of, I've got more con, more contact with friends in a lot of ways. We're doing this podcast right now. I think we kind of got our act together with it partially because we're at home. So that's kind of my overview of where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I think when you really stop and think about what's been going on over the last few weeks, uh, it really is unprecedented obviously but i think it's the thing that has kind of struck me is that it's the first time that absolutely everyone in the world has something in common everyone can relate to this everyone everyone can say that their lives have been affected obviously some certainly more so than others and and unfortunately there's as you mentioned before there's a lot of people that you know have uh unfortunately lost their jobs because of this um, but everyone's life has been affected in some capacity, some form or another, no matter what country you live in. Um, so I, I think we have to, I guess, stop and recognize the magnitude and the significance of, of what's going on here. And 
you know, when I brought up the subject of, of COVID and, you know, again, you and I, we talked about this. We got to throw in the, the title of our, our podcast here. But it is true in that we had this discussion a few days ago where, you know, if you take a look at perhaps some of the, the positives that have come out of this in that I think maybe a greater appreciation for the little things in life, um, you know, being able to not take stuff for granted that we may have taken for granted before. You know, I think we've come to appreciate, you know, the fact that, you know, being able to go to a go to a patio and have a drink with a friend face to face or to be able to go to a ball game, stuff that we can't do right now, you know, it's I think something is going to take on extra meaning once this whole thing is behind us. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just the, the commonalities and, and just taking some positives from it. The fact that, you know, I guess being quarantined at home with your family um, you hopefully take this opportunity to spend time with your kids and to assist them with their schooling. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but I think there's obviously opportunities to, as I said, spend more time with your family, connect with people. You know, for myself personally, I've been speaking with friends over Zoom and, you know, various forms of, of media. And, I think it's maybe allowed the world to kind of take a take a bit of a breather, kind of step back a little bit because we all live very busy lives, uh, whether it's extra extracurricular activities that our, our children might be involved in or or activities that we might be doing ourselves. Having this downtime, it's uh, it's it's been a good pause on life in general. If if I can take some positives from it, yeah, it, and I think. You know, one one thing I wanted to mention about this was that we have to also be careful that we don't run into, I'll call it the, yeah, but my situation is worse than yours, or but so-and-so situation is worse than yours. And I, I, had, I found myself having a, a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago where I mentioned something specific that was happening to a, another friend of mine, and this person kind of lashed out and he says, really, you think that's bad? There are people that can't pay their mortgages right now. And I was like, okay, look, this isn't about like, I get it. I know that maybe that's what I described wasn't all that bad in the grand scheme of things. But the point is that everybody's going through it. And I just, I just don't like to see a, yeah, but my story is worse than your story or, or, you know, we could just get caught up in that a little bit. So yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah, no, and you're right. It, it could definitely go down a slippery slope here when we talk about, you know, the 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 sad effects of COVID. You know, obviously the, the big picture here is that yes, people are are very sick. People have lost their lives. A lot of people are are unemployed. But you know, when we sort of take a look at this at a high level uh, viewpoint. Um, you know, we, we have to sort of stop and appreciate the, the magnitude, the, the historical significance of, of being in living history, I suppose. You know, we'll, we'll look back on this many years from now, and hopefully we'll look back many years, and, uh, you know, this will be a, a distant memory, we hope. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where based on what's going on with, with current events, we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't speak about this in some form or another. I agree. I mean, last comment I had on it was even preparing for this episode, one of the things we liked to do in our preparation 
was look for strange news stories. And the first thing I thought was, there's no strange news out there right now. There's only news about COVID. I mean, what possibly is going on in the world that isn't related to COVID? I mean, the world has stopped, hasn't it? And I actually played around a little bit, looked for for a couple things I want to share a little bit later in the episode that um, that we'll get into around strange news. So we'll move in that. Uh, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Okay, I have a topic I wanted to ask you about. Has there been a time in your life where your mother has come to your rescue, jumped in maybe at the time you were embarrassed, you were absolutely mortified that your mother went and got involved in a situation, and but then you look back on it and have a different thought. It could be something that happened when you were very small or maybe when you were in your teenage years. But I had a specific story I wanted to share and I don't know if you had anything on this topic, but I, I thought it would be interesting for us to share when mom stepped in and, and rescued us and was, you know, just being what, what moms, what, who moms are and what moms do for us. Did you, did you have anything like that? I guess when I think back to my childhood in terms of when my mom would stick up for me for depending on what kind of events were going on, I... I don't think there was anything really significant. I, I know that my mom liked to spar a little bit with the teachers. She's always uh, always liked to rile them up a little bit. So there was a few times when you know perhaps maybe you know maybe grades at school she had taken issue with. There was actually one instance in particular where I think it was grade four or five or something like that, and one of the topics was European history, and if. You, you very well know that I'm, I'm a history buff and, you know, that, that comes from, you know, being taught a love of history from my mom at a very young age. And I remember her taking issue with something that was taught. It had something to do with, with British history, which obviously is her forte. Because she's British. Yeah, absolutely. And, and remember her challenging the teacher on something and basically came right out and told her that she had absolutely no idea what she was talking about. So Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So that that was interesting. I, I don't know how it really affected my relationship with that particular teacher going <laughs> forward. But yeah, it just struck me as a little bit of a, an amusing story. Again, keep in mind, this was grade four or five, I believe. And yeah, my mom basically calling out the teacher and, you know, accusing her of not knowing what she's talking about. What what do you think? You mentioned earlier your mother liked to rile up the teachers. What what was behind that? Do you think? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I, I that's a good question. I might have to ask ask her about that. Um, but yeah, she always seemed to kind of butt heads with the teachers a little bit and and maybe challenge them a little bit on on their knowledge and the the, the means in which they teach. I don't know. I don't think I got amazing marks through. Uh, through public school, it wasn't until I got to high school, which I when I started to to do a lot better academically. But yeah, that that was that was some stories that kind of jumped out at me. So you you very much piqued my interest about when mom stuck up for you. I'm I'm trying to figure out where where this could be going. So I'm I'm all ears. Please do tell your story. Back in high school, it was during the final year of school, and it was it was about it was prom time, and, and of course, a lot of people at the time were figuring out who are they going to take to the prom. And if you had a girlfriend at the time, which I didn't, then naturally, in most cases, you were going to bring your girlfriend to the prom. 
And since I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, I I was, I guess, on the hunt for a prom date. And I was working at the time in a restaurant, family restaurant at the time, and it was there was quite a few staff in, in the restaurant. And there were a lot of both guys and girls there. And at the time, I was working in the kitchen in the back just as a prep cook. And there was a lot of female servers in in the restaurant, in the staff, and a number of attractive ones. And so I remember identifying one particular person who I, I kind of liked and found attractive and talked to her a little bit and decided to ask her to the prom. I think I might have asked her because I was telling her that I didn't have a date and that it was coming up. And I believe she may have said, oh, okay, well, I'll be your prom date. And I, I remember being really surprised because she was a little bit older. Now, back at that time, I think I was maybe, well, what were we in high school, 17 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 17 or 18, I figure. Yeah. This girl would be, would have been a year older, maybe at that time, a grade higher than me or a couple grades higher than me. So maybe even, mm-hmm. I think she was actually graduated from high school. So there was definitely a feeling like this is a, an older person. And yeah. I was, interesting. Sorry, I was going to say interesting how you view her as being older when she's only a year, <laughs> a year yeah. older than you. But ba- back in those days, a year was, was quite a big difference. Well, and life steps wise, she was graduated from high school, and that that was already in a way it kind of magnified the the gap. So I invited her to the prom, and she said, "Yes, that would be great." And this was maybe two months before the prom, and I think about a month after, well, I started checking in with her, saying, "You know, have you picked your dress? Have you are you, are you looking forward to the prom?" And I was getting this feeling like it was it felt a lot like a Oh, yes, yes, I'm doing that. No problem. Yep, yep, I'm figuring out what dress to wear. And I was starting to get this uneasy feeling, if you will, that it didn't, I wasn't 100% sure if this was actually going to, if she was going to follow through. So I remember mentioning to my parents that I had a prom date and I was quite excited about it. I remember telling friends about it. So eventually, it got very close to the time period where it was, you know, I needed to kind of, I was getting a very uneasy feeling about what was happening. I had booked a limo. I had everything in my mind, imagining how it was all going to go. And I, but I didn't hear, I would actually, I, I think she quit or something, the, the, our workplace. So I then lost contact with her and I, I would call her and I'd get her father. Remember he was a Scottish man. I would call and ask for her and he he would say no she's not here and or i'll leave a message for her this is back in the old days of when you called yeah. people and left messages and yeah you had to speak to the parents yeah i'd i'd be getting a little nervous as well <laughs> yeah so definitely, definitely there was an uneasy feeling and i think i mentioned this to my mother that i i hadn't heard back and so i was still hopeful that this was going to happen and then i remember coming home from school one day and my mother told me you need to move on. This person isn't isn't going to be going to the prom with you. And I was really upset to hear that. First of all, I said, that's not true. She is going to come. Like, don't say that. And I said, what makes you feel you can say that? And she said, well, I just spoke to her father. 
Wow. Okay. I can see where this is going. <laughs> and she, he told me that she, he was very sorry about the situation, but that his daughter would not be taking me or going with me to the prom. And I'm sure when I heard that, I turned like the deepest red possible with embarrassment that my mother, first of all, this girl, like because she was older, I kind of was in a little bit in awe of her and she was really attractive. And, and just to me, I just imagined this whole scenario of the father picking up the phone and I didn't even want to know the details, but it mortified me. I just, I don't really remember a lot after that, to be honest, other than that I was really angry and I don't think I ever talked to my parents about it or my mother about it since that day. Looking back on it, I I think about how that she did what a mom probably wanted to do to help her son. And so at the time I was upset, but when I look back on it now, I actually feel like that was... Uh, I don't know that I would have done the same thing if I was her. Well, if I was her, I guess I would have. But if I don't know, I would do the same thing as a father uh, getting involved, but I could see why she did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, that's it's an interesting story. And I can certainly see how you'd be mortified at, at the time, especially as a 17, 18-year-old. Um, yeah, it's not until you have... 30 years to ponder it and in 30 years of life experience when you can understand why she did it. But you may have already answered the question, but my, I think the million dollar question posed to you is that would you do it if, if your kids are in that situation? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a toughie. Cause I, we all, we've all grown up with things that were embarrassing that our parents either did or, or made us do. I remember I was always, I'd never wanted to wear a raincoat to school when it was raining. I always felt like I was going to get stared at for some reason. I think partially because my mother put me in one of those sort of made of the mist ponchos one day. And I I was absolutely mortified to go to to school wearing it. But I can totally understand why people, the way we look at things as kids and the way we look at it now, I probably, I don't, I don't know if I, that's actually a really interesting thing to think about how how much have i actually done things that might have embarrassed my kids i don't think too much they don't seem to be embarrassed mm-hmm. by anything at this point but yeah i i would i would definitely want to defend my children but i think i'd be really careful about how i did it no absolutely yeah it's, it's a very tricky subject i don't think i've embarrassed my son too much on anything i know he he might say otherwise but you know, I, I think my final comments on that would be you have to kind of appreciate the fact that, okay, although your mother embarrassed you and, and mortified you by that experience, I'm sure you would be even more embarrassed the night of the prom waiting for this girl to show up, you know, m- making phone calls at the 11th hour, panicking. So... You know, I think your mother probably spared you yeah. by the fact she did make that phone call. Yeah, that's so. a really good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Something and to keep in mind. My memory of this, if you were to say what happened at your high school prom, this actually doesn't come to mind. So she may have made this much a much better situation than it might have been if yeah, if I was waiting 
in the car wondering. I don't, I don't even think I had the address of where I was supposed to go to pick her up. So I think maybe at some point I would have realized, okay, this is not going to happen. But yeah, but but I don't have any, when I think of my prom, I enjoyed my prom and I don't, this is actually something I had to kind of, it just surfaced. I didn't actually immediately think of this incident when I think back to it. So, all right, let's move on. So you had another topic you wanted to talk about. Yeah, one of the things I just kind of wanted to bring up, we don't have to spend much time on it, but I just wanted to talk about the the concept of, of sports nostalgia and, you know, sort of getting back to how absolutely almost everything in life is affected by COVID. Both of us are, are big sports fans, especially baseball, and I'm sure most people, most listeners would agree with the fact that I think we're all going through sports withdrawal right now. We're very much missing sports, uh, missing live sports. And obviously with you being in Japan, you I'm not sure if you have access to uh, to some of the sports stunt channels here in, in Toronto, but both, you know, MLB Network and the, the various sports channels here in Toronto, um, they've been playing some amazing nostalgia games. Uh, especially when it comes to, to baseball, the uh, being a huge Blue Jays fan, you know, rebroadcasting the uh, the '92 and '93 Blue Jays World Series games, um, you know, all of the playoff games, uh, even the more recent Blue Jays playoff games, and it's great to go down that that trip down nostalgia. In you know, when you're watching, you know, rebroadcasts of the 1992 World Series, realizing that it's 27 yeah. years ago, it's like, wow, where did the time go by? Because it feels like yesterday, being glued to the TV, watching every single inning of, of those incredible games. Um, but I just also wanted to comment that, man, there, there's so much sports nostalgia, so many amazing um, games that that they're now only just now broadcasting stuff that has been sort of lost in the vault. And, you know, they've been playing some old Montreal Expos games, um, you know, even uh, old hockey games as well from the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, it's just sort of put me in a, in a nostalgic, r- reminiscent mode where, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at watching some of these games from you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, watching some of the, the great athletes who we grew up as as kids, you know, watching games of, you know, Wayne Gretzky and people like that. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, how come sports channels sort of maybe don't put a little bit more emphasis on that? Because I think there truly would be an appetite for, you know, an older demographic, maybe people 40 and above that would probably be quite enthusiastic to be to be able to watch some of those games or well i think i'm not sure if you had a question about this necessarily but one of the things i think the reason we haven't seen these is i think there's just people just have a a general uh, oh good we got cat noises in the background (laughs) ah that's how it is these days right that's the world we live in i think there just maybe it wasn't an appetite for archived games and some of these old games and and maybe they don't have anything else to do in the world of sports right now so they just turn these games on and find them pleasantly surprised even just looking at the crowds at the time and what they were wearing it's nostalgic to me seeing the i remember watching uh, one of the those series 92 world series and they've got like all the people in the crowd with the bill cosby sweaters and the the puffy uh, banana uh, <laughs> what was it, cotton genie sweatshirts and 
the hair styles and and yeah, yeah. people's glasses. Yeah, big hairdos so, were still in. Yeah, and then and one thing that stands out to me is people weren't holding smartphones in their hands and staring down at their screens while games were on. They actually were paying attention to the game, which is a whole other topic we could get into. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a great point you raised there. So yeah, it's really is interesting going down memory lane so you know perhaps my my question to this to all of this is why can't we have more of this because i think it's great that the sports channels are are playing these nostalgic games and it's great to go down memory lane and i think we're at an age now where we truly appreciate that you know and, and it's been fun you know having my son watch some of these games as well showing him you know games from 1992 you know, 27 years ago, it seems like an eternity for him, but not so long ago for us. Yeah, there's a couple of players my son now knows who they are. The players that I grew up with, like Tony Fernandez, he never he knew the name, but until we watched a clip from the 92 World Series, he now he actually mentioned to me yesterday that he found it really great to be able to watch the him playing on the field and not just see pictures of him or little quick highlight videos. This was actually, here's what it would have been like for my dad to watch Tony Fernandez back in the day. All right. I wanted to move into our strange news section of the podcast. Are you, uh, are you ready for them? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what you've come up with, because as you mentioned before, it's tough to find other news other than uh, you know, what's been going on with COVID you know, to find some some lighthearted, some humorous, uh, interesting stories. I, I'm all ears. Okay, let me get into this one. So there's two stories I'm going to share. The first, I'll, I like to read the headlines and then gauge your reaction. So the headline here, this is from UPI, whatever they are. They, they like to show, have odd news as part of their offering. So the, the, the headline here, Wild leopard wanders into hospital bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's a good headline. Yeah, you, you got my interest on that one. All right, so it says here, a leopard wandered into a hospital in India and ended up locked inside a bathroom before being relocated by wildlife officials. This was back on April, the article's from April 16th, so it's it's actually very recent. It says here, the forest department in Ganagar said the leopard wandered into the hospital and was discovered in a bathroom by a female employee. Hospital hospital workers locked the bathroom door and contacted the forest department, which dispatched personnel to the scene. The leopard was safely relocated with no injuries to human or the animal, officials said. We don't really have much detail. We don't know why, how it got in. We don't know how they got it out. There's a picture, which I'll share the link. There's actually a YouTube video of this thing. I'll put the link in the show notes where uh, this hospital, they show a whole bunch of people with smartphones while a guy, looks like he's got, maybe it's a tranquilizer gun it pointed into the doorway of this bathroom. And, and I'm assuming that's how they got the, the animal out was through tranquilizing it. <laughs> Yeah, Being a that cat would be, lover, do you have any comments on uh, that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think even I would be a little shocked to see a, a leopard in the bathroom there. But I, I, I guess that that's um, – in some ways it's not surprising to hear that because, um, you know, I've been reading stories about because of 
people being in in quarantine and, and lockdown that a lot of the animals are sort of moving or migrating back into a lot of the cities. Um, and in some parts of the world, I guess they're having to send people out to, to feed the animals because these animals are so dependent on tourists and, and to feed to, them. To, to feed them, yeah. I think um, the monkeys and um, well, well, monkeys for sure. Because, but yeah, I, I, it could have been somewhere in India or, or somewhere in, in in South Asia where, you know, I guess it's uh, it, you really do see the effects of. of you know, not having people out on the streets and, mm. you know, everyday course of life where, you know, animals have sort of taken back the cities, which I think is actually kind of cool. I don't know about if I'd want to see a leopard in the bathroom, but uh, <laughs> it's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got another one and I, I maybe should have started with this one instead of ending with it because it does relate to COVID. But okay, here's here it is. A Maryland police department shared a cryptic warning to a local resident who apparently has a habit of checking their mail without pants during the coronavirus lockdown. I hope they're wearing underwear at least. Well, it looks like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Um, it looks like, so the, the Taney Town Police Department uh, posted a, a Facebook post that says, just written exactly like this. Please remember to put pants on before leaving the house to check your mailbox. You know who you are. This is your final warning. Or, or else what? Does this person get arrested for indecency or something? <laughs> I guess so. It begs the question, like, yeah, why would you want to check the, the mailbox without wearing any pants? Um you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, we, we keep sort of circling back to the whole COVID situation. And I'm sure most people, a lot of people have spent this past month wearing, you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I was, obviously I realize it's the new norm where, where people are very relaxed. And, you know, unless you have a, a Zoom or Skype meeting, there is really no reason to have to, uh, to have to, you know, get dressed up or, or get get yourself groomed, but I guess some people just take it to the next level and just, you know, just walk right out the front door and just don't care. Yeah. And, and, uh, we had a work conference call the other day where the, the guys are, our CEO of our region said it was our first time doing a, a video conference like, like that where everybody, you know, like a zoom call or as Microsoft teams in this case, he, he finished up by saying, and thank you, everybody, for hanging in there and bearing with us with doing this uh, first of many video conference calls. And thank you all for no embarrassing moments or strange things. <laughs> you were all dressed appropriately. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it is the new reality. And I feel like it's almost like a training ground for potential future situations like this. Yeah, People absolutely. are now getting trained up in in how to sh show up on video, like virtual backgrounds, worry, thinking a little bit more about how they're going to look on yeah. video conference. You know, example, I got the tip, like look at the camera when you're talking to somebody rather than look at them or don't look at yourself. I don't know about you, but that's, I find myself staring at myself half the time <laughs> while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think that can, people can relate to that, but 
Hey, look, this has been great. Um, I'm so glad you came on as a co-host. What what do you what's your feeling about this experience now that you've gone well, almost 40 minutes of of being a co-host? What do you think? What's your impressions? You know, this has been a great experience and the fact that you just said it's 42 minutes, the time has just flown by. Um, I think one of the the great things about these podcasts is that it's just a just a regular conversation between two friends. And that's, I think, the, the great part about why everyone can relate to to everything that we're talking about. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun. You know, this is great to be able to talk about current events and to throw in some fun stories as well and just speak about what's on your mind. Um, so, yeah, this has been a, a great experience and uh, I would love to come back. I, I look forward to this. Well, good. Awesome. And yeah, thanks for helping me out because, uh, you know, Simon, it's been hard for us to coordinate and everybody now with people at home, it can be often difficult to to get to get people scheduled like this in their own way. So I appreciate this has been a nice way for me to get back into what I find from this podcast. It's a nice outlet to yeah, share some of the things that are on my mind. So thanks a lot for for coming on and hopefully uh, we'll get you back uh, sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you again.